This is the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Justin Oswald underscore. With me is Brad Livingston. Hey, guys. Good to be back. Uh, taking a week off, or I took a week off and uh, got away for a little bit. And so last week, uh, it's awesome. Justin and, and Karen were able to uh, you know, carry on the podcast from yes. uh, Tyler Burns being in the house. So that we were super pumped about that. And um, great podcast, great sermon, and then this week uh, we have none other than <laughs> yes. There, like there are a few people that I use the phrase legendary when I'm <laughs> referencing them: Jesus, Paul, uh, you know, guys like that, Pastor yeah. Dan, um, and then we have in the house right now. P-Dub, Patrick Waters, aka uh, Losing Patrick. <laughs> you can find him on Instagram, Twitter, at Losing Patrick. We're not kidding. That's the no, no, so, Twitter is Patrick J. Waters. Oh, Patrick J. Waters. Change that. Change that. I'm yeah. a copyright. I just something. followed you on Twitter yesterday. I didn't know you were on Twitter. It's, I didn't Instagram know you had Instagram at Losing Patrick. Yeah. I and, think I've done like two posts in the last five years. Twitter's, Once Instagram came in, I put pictures. I'm a big pictures guy. I'm yeah. a visual guy. I love Instagram, but Twitter to me is Twitter's popping. That's my spot. All right. So, so yeah, bro. Yeah. So Patrick, give us give us the skinny uh no pun intended give us oh. the, give us the skinny on uh on at, at losing patrick because uh, for those that uh you know maybe aren't in Pensacola, we have a lot of uh, national listeners and i just found out we have some international listeners which is pretty cool oh, really? so that, you yeah. shout out to those out in puerto yeah. rico and some of you guys listening Hola. we uh, we, uh, appreciate you but give us the give us a skinny on that uh losing patrick came about four years ago i i had a daughter and it was august and it was sunday morning early and, and i was getting dress for church as a pastor we're always up before the sun but that august my wife was up before me because my daughter was like a month old and she was feeding her in the living room and as i'm sitting there and i put my jeans on one leg at a time just like every man my chest started to hurt and it felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest and i literally had the thought oh my god i'm about to have a heart attack and die and i begged god i said god please don't let me die the first thought that came to my mind was I want to walk my daughter down the aisle hmm. and the Holy spirit as gracious as he is said, all right, I'll give you one more chance. At least that's what I heard. And I called a friend of mine who's a trainer. He did boot camp. I said, I have to change my life or I'm going to die. He said, cool, go to the doctor. Here's, I'm going to email you a list of questions. I mean, it was intense, man. It was my resting heart rate. What is the maximum amount of exercise I can do at one time? What's my caloric, I mean, everything, my BMI, everything you would ever want to know. And so I started working out and the Lord brought me to Matthew 10, 39. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life in my, for my sake will find it. And so that's where losing Patrick came from, man. The more I was losing Patrick, the more I was growing into Christ doing great, dropped 70 pounds, eating right and exercising. And I'm just going to tell you, I hated it the whole time, <laughs> but I did it, it anyway. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, right, it right. sounds good. Oh, just eat less and work out more. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I never right. thought of that. And, um, and so we had the flood a few years ago and we lost our whole house and I moved in with my mother-in-law who I love, but she gets a, like a monthly, delivery of cases of little debbie <laughs> and so we flooded on a wednesday <laughs> threw everything away on the following monday and the following wednesday my wife wakes me up at 6 30 because we're at my mother-in-law's and i'm sleeping on the couch because she had a double bed and 
the guest room. I take a double bed, let alone me and my wife. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. She wakes me up at 6.30 and she goes, hey, baby, by the way, um, I'm pregnant. I'm like, you're pregnant? We have a nine-month-old. You can't be pregnant. And it was just a downhill from there. The summer got bad, quit working out. And then back at the beginning of the year, the Holy Spirit just put it on me. He, he, like I said Sunday in church, Holy Spirit doesn't yell. He whispers to me, and he gave me the old, don't forget I gave you one more chance. <laughs> and I was like, boom, and started the ball rolling. Insurance will never cover weight loss surgery. Ended up going to Mexico from April till today. I've lost over 70 pounds. Just to put it in perspective, my nine-year-old weighs 70 pounds. (laughs) My wife said, imagine carrying him on your stomach, not even your back, your stomach, everything you did. Yeah. Preaching, walking, eating, breathing, sleeping. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And even Sunday, here's the thing that was cool Sunday. Afterwards, I realized. Which was your first time preaching since surgery. Yes. First time preaching since surgery three weeks ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. The Holy Spirit carried me through. If you get to watch second service, about 15 minutes before the end, you can see I just hit a wall. I was exhausted. and um, But the Holy Spirit delivered. It was great, I feel. I mean, I, mm-hmm. thought, I felt great about it. Yeah. I mean, you guys got me here now. You ain't kicked me out. No, nah, so. no. Nah. You know, and what we didn't say, what's cool is, you know, Patrick is, a, is local here in town. He's a part of Liberty Church, the Blue Angel Campus, and we're real good friends with all them guys at Liberty and Patrick's been great. Um, we walked. He walked through our staff with uh, uh, the freedom, the freedom curriculum for small groups. That so good. eventually we're gonna roll out in our church. He walked us through, man, and it's just built. A, it's been a, cra- a a cool friendship with all these other pastors and churches. I think you guys bless me more through that than I blessed you through that, and I'm good with that. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, you're welcome. So no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, <laughs> I like. Yeah, it was it was a great time, and and it really created some awesome connections oh, yeah. between you guys. You know, between us, and, you guys, I've. I consider y'all family. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. just so you know, at Liberty, when I told him, hey, um, after Jabin passed, I said, listen, there, I'm going to be going over there to preach soon on a Sunday. There was never any second guess. It was like, sure, whatever sure. needs to be done. Oh, I mean, yeah, we, we consider the whole church network family, you know, and Pastor Josh and Kristen and, and uh, you know, this, everyone yeah. over there. And, and even a, a big thank you to you, I didn't realize at the time, um, and maybe because it wasn't even scheduled yet, that we had you over on your your churches almost one of their biggest days of the last like decade or two right like it's pretty I mean, big but, yeah i mean it's <laughs> so they're, they we did a brown breaking breaking for breaking a ground building. ceremony at all larry stocksdale come in yeah, and yeah, break yeah. Ground with us. so they had uh it was it was a big deal and you were here with us man i think that just speaks volumes never to thought just, twice about it man. Uh, yeah i love and, you guys yeah we appreciate it so yeah, I told Patrick. let me just on that i feel like if more of all of the church as a whole could get what we're getting in Pensacola, just that family, one family, one team, one body, we would change the world, man. Yeah. And, and I think, and and in that, man, I think we, we have to commend, applaud, celebrate and honor, man, pastors that I would say kind of put that legwork in for us that never saw the fruit from it. We're standing on their shoulders. Pastor Dan, Pastor Buford, absolutely. um, you know, and, and not just the, you know, Pastor Lynn Ballinger, who is with the Lord now, uh, you know, put tons of legwork into that. I mean, there's a lot of pastors that spent decades really cultivating um, and, and plowing the ground and breaking up what I would call hardened hearts and hardened cultures. 
sowing into what we're seeing happen now, which Bro, is I'm, beautiful. We're so lucky to be able to reap the fruit of that. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, thank thank God for godly men that look. Because I've broke themselves. ground before, and that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've planted seed. There's been times in ministry I'm like, I've put so much into these people. Why am I not seeing fruit? Yeah. It's and not, then somebody else like, you'll never guess what happened. I led so into the Lord. I was like, did you? Uh, yeah. How about <laughs> awesome. that? Good for you. Yay, awesome. Praise God. Another one in the kingdom. Father. Yeah. Right. 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 So. Uh, so yeah, man. We just we're just super pumped. It was a great weekend. Um, you know, great uh, summertime in Pensacola, man. And and some people are traveling and and all those things. And we were just super super excited uh, to to move forward. So let's let's get into what we got uh, for today. Yeah. yeah um, so we we were wrapping up the flip the script series which has been really great you know but for a couple reasons one i love the topic of the of flipping the script and 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 walking down those paths of 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 that um but we also had guest speakers every week other than one week pastor dan who's technically killed it he's one of ours yeah Um, killed it but you know with with patrick and you know last week tyler burns and aaron james the first week it's just been really cool to have to have some of our overseers in and different people and let let our church get to see that but um you know this week uh Patrick, you had you had um, a character. You know, we he's my favorite one, bro. Yeah. Peter, uh, Peter. You know, talking Cuts about flip the script. So. Off. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that a little bit. Peter's pretty much. I well, I told y'all Sunday that I relate to Peter more than probably anybody else in the Bible. Always wanted to be John, the one that just rest his head on Jesus' chest, and you know, wanted to be the beloved. FYI, in case you're listening. John is the only person that called himself the one you, Jesus loves. You know, but, but seriously, when you said that, you know, I've I've often had that thought or even said that to people. It's like, you know, when Jesus uh, when John wrote that, you know, the the one whom Jesus loved, like he wrote that about himself. Yes. And not and it seems a little cocky, but not only did he write it, the Holy Spirit allowed him to write it for it to be in the in the scriptures, right? right so right, right, right. there's something to be learned from that. Oh, yeah. And then and then um it's almost like it's almost like reminding God of his, of his love for us. Right. Not like, you know, you know, when you pray, it's like, you know, God, I'm, I'm the one who loves you so much. Hear my prayer. It's like, no, no, no. The one you love needs you right now, Come you know, on. and kind of reminding God. It's, it's like when, when uh, Lazarus died, you know, and they wrote the letter to Jesus, they could have wrote a lot of things in that letter, but they appealed they didn't appeal to Lazarus's love for Jesus to get Jesus to come. They appealed to Jesus's love for Lazarus yes. to come. And that's what I like about what you said and often saying that about him being the, the the one Jesus loved. Like he wrote that about himself. Like That's bold, that's, son. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> kind of cocky. Um and and I I like that. There's something there's something to that that he just really and I don't think he was saying it from a cocky place. I just that's how no. he felt, man. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. I'm the one he loves, and like you said, though, we're, we're all that person. Sure, you know, like I, I, he wasn't. I don't think he was the favorite, quote unquote, favorite, like we would think of it. I think it's clear Jesus had his inner circle, um, even out of his twelve. But you know, I just thought that was funny when you oh, said yeah. that. I was like, man, I've had that same thought. You know, he's like, he wrote that about himself, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit allowed it. You know, yeah, and and allowed it is my favorite part, and so. What I've always loved about Peter is Peter, Peter was bold because Peter knows what Jesus did for him. You know, Peter knows he was a fisherman. That's not like he was a physician. He was a fisherman, dude. He was a redneck, just like, well, just me. You two are too pretty. Yeah, I'm not. Brush out of Cantonment or something. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever called me in a, the house. I don't think I've ever been labeled a redneck. No, no I, I can see that. Never in the history of ever. 
Okay, so like me and Pastor Dan. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right, 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 right. There you go. <laughs> you know, Peter worked hard. Peter worked with his hands. And, and, and I think when you come from nothing, which we all are nothing, and Jesus chooses you, it'll go to your head. You know, I remember when I got saved June 1st of 96, I was good at three things, cracking skulls, collecting money, and making sure nobody hurt nobody. That's what I was good at. And I thought I was going to do that all through Christendom. When I first got saved, the man I got saved under, I ended up doing personal security for him, traveling all over the country. It was an amazing time in my life. There came a time, though, that like Peter, he got called away. Peter got called out of the boat. I was given a choice to move to Dallas, Texas or not to. And the Holy Spirit said to me, son, you can carry his bags as long as you want, or you can come with me and do what I want you to do. And I was like, mind blown. Yeah. You know? And so there was a bit of arrogance in me. Yeah. yeah. You know, a confidence yet arrogance. It's a very fine line that I think a lot of people have to learn how to teeter. Man, listen, hold on, hold on. Stop for a second. (laughs) Because we got to talk about this. Okay. So, because I want to point out something. Had you been carrying his bags, you would have been doing ministry. Absolutely. There's a difference between doing the work of the Lord and doing work for the Lord. Amen. And the work of the Lord for your life. And, and, and man, I, I hope there's some people out there listening to this. Man, like there, many of you out there listening, you have convinced yourself that what because you're doing things um, for the Lord, you're doing the work of the Lord for your life. And can, I just want to tell us like, man, there are so many people out there. God's what God wants to do with you is bigger than just the minimal expectation you have for your life. And yeah. man, that's, that's just so huge. Like, you know, um, you can carry all of you out there listening, you know, you can carry someone else's bag for the rest of your life if you want to and you will have and there's been, an honor to that and you will you will have been doing ministry all day the whole time <laughs> yep. but the lord wants to do something greater with you than just carrying someone else's bag which is not wrong i'm yeah. not there's nothing wrong with that and i think there are seasons where we all have to learn to carry someone else's bag because that's humility and that's Amen. what that's how we understand how to train up other people when we become and when we step into it's the a purpose. form of discipleship sure absolutely so I, I, there's nothing wrong with that no. but at some point you have to say okay now i'm going to pursue the thing that god has for me right I, I just think that's huge sorry i had to pause well and it actually hits point number one i preached out of matthew 14 22 to 33 and it was when they had just fed the five thousand. And Jesus said, immediately, Jesus made the disciples go onto the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. That's big because what Jesus was doing there is, listen, we just did something awesome here, fellas, but this ain't it. Feeding 5,000 people, that sounds really cool and all, and all, you know, everybody's going to want to try to do it from now on, but there's work on the other side of the lake. We got more stuff to do, and you are my chosen. I gave you two these baskets so you could go that direction. I gave you two these baskets so you could go in that direction. And so Jesus sent them out. And and my first point this week was that God wants to use you. Mm-hmm. He simply does. And, and not use you in the negative context. I grew up as a pastor's kid. And so I've seen so much behind the scenes that from like 15 to 23, I walked away from church simply because I didn't want to 
be used anymore. And now, as, as we were talking, Pastor Brad and Pastor Justin and I were talking earlier, you know, there are things we're reaping because of what these other men did. And part of that is we don't use people. We see their potential through growth track and next steps. We want to find potential. We want to find your personality. We want to see what your giftings are. And we want to put you to work like God wants to put you to work because our jobs as pastors is to train up the people to do the work of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because if Pastor Justin tried to do everything in this church, you know, do video announcements, edit them, do the podcast, edit it, put the cool music in the background. <laughs> Brad, I don't know what that beat was behind the drop video you that's, did. That's your boy John over man, here, man. Big John, big love. I'm, <laughs> I'm like backstage crip walking, dancing, throwing up Christian gang signs. <laughs> well, you should crip walk out on the stage. That I was tired, so man. Gang- I can't use all the energy in one spot. And so... If you did crip walk out on the stage, <laughs> well, I'd have stood up. Revival would have yeah, broke I'd have out. Yeah, i run down the aisle. It would have been a Pentecostal church. You know, I, I talked about it in Ezekiel. This is, this is one of my favorite verses. I looked for a man among them who would build up a wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. He is constantly looking. Mm-hmm. He is constantly looking. You know, I, I talked about it Sunday. The government was never designed to be welfare for the people. I said, that's our job as the church. We should be feeding the homeless. We should be feeding the widows. We should be taking care of the orphans. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love the unloved. And I just love that. I, you know, and here's how I know this is confirmation from Ezekiel in Ephesians 2.10. It says, we are God's good workmanship created in Christ Jesus. If you're listening, hear this. You are created in Christ not just of Christ, but you were created in Christ to do good work, which God has prepared for you to do. Yeah. There is, there is no greater joy than serving God. Hmm. I've done a lot of cool things in this world. You know, I'm bivocational. So I have a job that makes a lot of money. No, I won't say a lot of money makes good money, gun money. We'll just say gun. Hey, there we go. As long as we can make gun money on the side, we're, (laughs) we're okay. Makes good money. And I tell people all the time, ministry is my passion, but I love really nice things like food and electricity. Come on. Because I'm not at church to make money. Right. I'm at right. church to make disciples. I'm oh. at church to yeah. save souls. Yeah. I go to work to pay for everything else because I'm basically a fisherman and I love it. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that you said, which I think I like, you know, Paul, you know, another pause for a second. So Jesus sends the disciples over to the other side. Um, because of what you were talking about, right? So he just fed the, he just fed the multitudes, 5,000, yeah. whatever. Uh, so he tells them, get in the boat, go to the other side. Why? Cause we have work to do on the other side. Right. And so one of the things I was thinking about when you said that is I was, I was just kind of looking at the notes is, um, it is sending them to the other side. That that's a communication to the church of today. Mm, um, come on. cause staying and keeping the last move of God, uh, would have kept the disciples there. How how many times is the church still focused on the last move yeah. so much yeah. that they're not going to the other side? That's it. Man, there's so many churches, so many Christians that are stalemated right where they are um, because they're not willing to go to the other side. Like what God did is great, but what God wants to do is far better. I think about that verse, behold, I do a new yeah. thing. So I'm, I, I wrote down that we stay where we are when we're more focused on what God did than what he wants to mm. do. And uh, man, like God wants to use you. Don't 
don't be so wrapped up with what he did that you miss what he wants to do. Um, so I, that that's huge, man. I call it getting so busy doing the work of the Lord, we forget about the Lord of the work. Yeah. Because breathing, growing, living things grow and change. Yeah. Tweet you know, that. I sat and looked at my nine-year-old the other day, and I love I both love time hop and loathe time hop. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm a sensitive I'm guy. <laughs> I'll, these pictures will come up of my son from like six years ago when he's three years old and Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, where did my little boy go? <laughs> now he stinks, and I'm teaching him about deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I plan, and he smells bad. I'm like, he's like, what's that smell? I'm like, that's you, bro. Yeah, that's what happens. Welcome to my friend Degree. Yeah, right. Shower set. <laughs> Old Spice. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's, uh, that, and, and that's, man, we have to grab a hold of that. And I, I, that's such a tweetable statement, you know. Don't get so caught up doing the work of the Lord that we forget the word of the work. You know what I mean? Like that's, I'm going I'm to tweet that, Brad. Tweet you can that. retweet it. I'll retweet it for <laughs> we'll you. We'll retweet it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you step your Twitter game up anyways. So, so God wants to use you, and and, uh, and, and we don't want to be so focused on where we come from. Uh, don't we, don't want to be so focused on what he did that we miss what he wants to do. Um, and then that leads us to number two. The uh, great, great news of being chosen the great, and accepting that call. The great, right. Right, 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 right. Once you accept that call, you need to know that you know that storms are coming. Yep. This number two is the storms will come. Um. So so walk us, Peter. Walk Verse us twenty four, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. You know what you have to understand is the wind was blowing. It wasn't just blowing. It was blowing their mind away. They were freaking out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And these it are was experienced like, oh, yeah. fishermen been yeah. on a boat before. Yeah. Their Peter's first been in the storm. He <laughs> yeah. is scared. Like I think about uh what is that? Uh the Alaskan Crab Fisherman show. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I watched the Wicked Tuna show and I love those fishing shows and I love deep sea fishing. I'm not a good freshwater fisherman. If like the four of us are out freshwater fishing, you three are catching fish. I'm getting bait wet. I'm terrible at it. But you put me on the salt, man. It's game on. I'm going to catch them. And uh, I'll put up a picture of last year when I caught a 20-pound red snapper. Ooh. First fish I caught of the day, it was the biggest one. And so I quit fishing. They're like, why are you quitting fishing? I was like, well, I caught the biggest one. Until y'all beat me, there's no need to fish anymore. I'm going to walk away with two snappers. This one's mine. And so the the wind was blowing. And what I said was, as a Christian, as a pastor, as a husband, I've personally been through the storms of life, man. I've been through them financially when there were times when I wasn't even sure how we were going to keep the lights on to when my wife had a miscarriage of 13 weeks and man, it, it, it took the wind out of me. It, yeah. And so those storms come, you know, there's things I said that happened to us that we don't plan on. You know, we all have car insurance for what in case of an accident, you know, no one goes out and just goes, you know what? I think I'm going to slam into the back of that car today. Now there's times on the interstate. I've been like, I'm going to run this person (laughs) off the road. And then I pray and ask Jesus to forgive them. Not me, them. Them, Cause they're slow in the fast lane. Right, 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 right. And those storms happen and they're going to happen. And and it's, I want to be careful so that you hear exactly what I'm saying. I do not believe there is a demon hiding behind every bush. I am not afraid of the devil. He needs to be afraid of me. I have the power to crush him under my heel. 
You know, every mm-hmm. his, even him, when you look at the beginning of Job, what did it say? Jesus or God called all the angels and Satan to come and give a report. And he had to give a report of what he's doing. So he doesn't have control. He has some control, but he can't kill me because Jesus won't let him kill me. You know, so those storms happen. But then I talked about the storms of stupid choices. Mm. I have a yeah. spiritual daughter named Katie. And Katie said this one time. She's a, a, a high school teacher, local. And one of her kids had a failing grade towards the end of the semester. She goes, you just don't understand my life, Miss so-and-so. Um, I, I can't get a D or an F. And she goes, look at your life. Look at your choices. And it was, and it just blew my mind away. If you want to look at someone's life, I can look at someone's life and tell you there were times in their life where they made very specific choices, the choices to either do the right thing mm-hmm. or to do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's another sermon I preached on called the maybe moment. We all have these maybe moments in our head that talk about that. It's just the devil right there. He tempted Jesus. You don't think he's going to tempt you? And the choice is, what are we going to do with it? You know, I told the story about your dad, man, your dad, he, he was preaching at chapel when I was in Bible college and I had, I wouldn't say fell into sin. I would more say jumped in head first (laughs) doing a cannonball and I had to go confess on myself. And it was one of the harder things I ever went through, but I look at where I am now. Right. Yeah. No, that's one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking about the storms, you know, the storms will come in, in like storms that you don't expect. So oddly enough, I preached, I preached Father's Day in New York Okay, when I was up there. So last Sunday I was preaching in New York. Um, and ironically enough, the, the, my message was the God of the storms. Wow. I figured as much because I told Justin during when you were announcing me for service, I was like, dude, he pretty much just preached 65 percent of my sermon. <laughs> and so uh, and so we uh, I, the the title was the God of the storms. And so we what I did is we we used a similar story, but out of Mark instead of Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the book of Mark, they talk about the song. And the reason I was bringing that up is, you know, it talks about. Um, after, after they fed the multitudes, he, Jesus goes up on the hill to pray, sends them out on the, you know, the whole nine. And, uh, and when he does that, one of the things that I found out in Israel, I didn't know this until I went to Israel. Um, one of the things I found out in Israel is where Jesus went to pray. So where he sent them out on the water versus where he went to pray is in a very particular spot on the sea of Galilee. So, uh, most of the, the sea of Galilee obviously is, is, a it's more like a lake. So it's, there's banks all the way around it. Um, but it's huge. And, uh, and at this one particular place, the land kind of jets out into the sea a little bit. And so, um, for where they were, where they were starting to where they were going, um, the land kind of bumps out into the sea. And so Jesus, when he sends them out of the water and where he goes up on the, the hill, they saw him go on the hill. Right. So he climbs the hill, gets to where he's going to pray. And he, based on how fast he would have climbed and all those things, he would have got to his stopping point before they would have gotten so far that they couldn't see him anymore. Wow. So they knew where he was praying. Right. And so based on where he was praying and the mountain hill, or if you will, that he was on, he was communicating something to them when they departed from the land 
they saw him get to his ultimate stopping point, and his ultimate stopping point was in a place at the Sea of Galilee, where not all the way at the other end, but where they were going to be going, they would have never been able to get anywhere on the sea where he wouldn't be able to see them. Wow. And he was communicating something to them in that moment, which was, it doesn't matter where you're at mm-hmm. in the storm, I'll always I be able you. to see you. Yeah, man. Uh, which I was just like. That's huge. You know, like, and, and that was one of the things we I preach on uh, when I was in New York, um, kind of in the same lane, which is like, man, our God is the God of observation. You know, he has geographical sovereignty in mm-hmm. our life, no matter where we're mm-hmm. at, no matter where we go, no matter how how bad the storms are, no matter how big the squalls get, no matter how bad the waves are, we're never outside of the viewpoint of God. And yeah. so some people out there, man, you're thinking like God, either God forgot about you, he doesn't know where you're at, he's, he's ignorant to your circumstances. No one is outside of the Come view on. of where Jesus is and his ability to walk on the water. Um, and bring peace to your storm. So I mean, that's just like that was those were all clicking, firing off in my brain while you were yeah, preaching. So yeah. it's just like, yeah. Well, what's interesting too is you were talking about choices a second ago. A lot of times the storms in our life are based on our bad decisions. Self inflicted, bro. Yeah. You know, so it's we like, caught tornadoes and hurricanes <laughs> right. in our life. And it's like peop- <laughs> I th- people get frustrated with God because it's like he won't deliver them or, you know, calm the storm. But a lot of times. He's he's just gonna be there with you through it because you caused that, Amen. or you you had a series of bad decisions. You yeah. know, uh, that's not always the case, but a lot of times it is. Yeah, you listen, s- I tell people all the time, I never went to jail selling drugs. You know, all the crazy things I did back in the day. You know, when I went to jail in two thousand one <laughs> as a pastor. <laughs> no, true story. That's I right, got right. pulled over on a suspended license from tickets that I had in oh one. From like 95 and 96. I, I, I'll take care of that later. Well, later came, Jack. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I used to tell our teenagers all the time, you know, they would, they would, be, you know, back in the day, we had a pretty rough student ministry in, in regards to kids coming in, you know, at the, like, te- you know, coming off of getting arrested, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. And, uh, you know, they would turn their life around. They would start doing really, really well. Genuine relationship with the Lord. And then their court date would come and they would get popped for, you know, I, I mean, anywhere Time. from a couple of them did, a couple of them went away for a couple of years wow. for that and house arrest, you know, what a community service, you know, and they, they would come to me like, man, the Lord just didn't come through or what, you know, like mm. whatever. I'm like, bro, bro, don't, don't misunderstand. There are still consequences that follow you. Yeah. No, regardless of your salvation, like the Lord promised you your eternal security and you have that, but there's still a price to pay. I have physical scars on my body from before when I was bouncing and fighting all the time. I mean, like cuts on my hand, broke knuckles, and it's the price of sin. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I guarantee you, they're scars. Jesus had scars. He said, you know, if you doubt me, put your fingers in it. Yeah. Yeah. There was still a scar there because he took on our sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He took on all of our sin. No, absolutely, man. So... But yeah, I, I agree. You know, storms come just because uh, in our life, storms are going to come. And it's that's not that storms in our life doesn't show that God's not in control. The peace that we have in our storm and how God walks us through it proves to us that he is. Amen. Um, and then but then like like you guys are saying, there's there's plenty of storms that come in life because we are sinful, terrible people at our core. Um who are being constantly regenerated and sanctified. But at the end of the day, you follow me long enough. I'm a pastor of a church 
and I still have problems. What did I say Sunday? Don't get your eyes too focused on men of God. Just focus on God because at the end of the day, men of God are just men. Yeah. Yeah. They'll let you down, man. Oh, yeah. They, we, us. I will let you down. I will let you down. I may not do it on purpose, but I will and I apologize in advance. 100%. That's not grace just so I can do it. I'm just saying I probably will. Right, right, right. Which brings us to the third point. You know, even though the storms are going to come and sometimes, like, well, just for example, in me and Pastor Brad losing children. Those storms were not what we wanted. Mm-hmm. God knows it's not what we wanted. It's not what we ever thought of. Of course. But God's going to be glorified in that storm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God's going to be glorified. Like you were talking about the cats that went away for a couple of years. They will be able to glorify God because, look, yes, I did go to prison. I did do two years. But look where I am now. Right. You know, we will be able to glorify God in our loss and in our pain because we can say, look, even though at my worst of worst the the worst pain I could ever feel, I still praise God, not yeah. because things could could have been worse, but because He's worthy of praise. Mm-hmm. And when people can see you praise God through the storm, it will change lives. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I was so I sat down with uh, one of my buddies, uh, Nick Scritchfield, who's the student pastor at Pine Summit Baptist Church here in Pensacola, and we were sitting down, and and he he was asking me kind of the same you know he was asking me like man how do you how do you reconcile with what you're going through and there it was a much longer conversation a lot of it was a little more personal on his end so i don't want to share all of his stuff but the the long and short of it is like how do you reconcile this like how are you how do you deal with this um and i brought him back to so when when jabin first got sick um uh, we we started navigating it and it was such a difficult journey and i remember two years in man i came across the video um, by John Piper, he was talking about prosperity gospel. He was talking about how dangerous and how how oh, destructive what? it is. I know that one. Yeah, and in that, in that, he said he made a statement. Now, I'm keep in mind, I'm driving down Mobile Highway. I'm passing, getting close to El Paso, right? So we know so, hungry. <laughs> so I'm driving down Mobile <laughs> Highway, and getting close to about where El Paso is, and Piper says, uh, he says you. He said, being the long and short of it, he says, um, you, when your joy is in nothing but Christ, then nothing can take away your joy. Amen. Essentially what he's yeah. saying. And he was saying, because the prosperity gospel we preach, you know, give your heart to Jesus and you'll have a new car or, you know, nothing bad will happen to you or sickness won't come or what, you know, whatever. Like he's like, that's all, it's all crap essentially is what he was saying. And he said, more importantly, he said, you want to know what, what, Jesus, when Jesus knows he's your greatest delight is when you crash your car and your little girl goes flying through the windshield and she's dead on the street and you can pick up her lifeless body and say, you know, God, I still love you. God, I still trust you. Like in the deepest, darkest hours of pain when he is our only delight, you know, that our heart may fail, our life may fail, our health may fail, our children may fail. Like all those things may never carry us but when Jesus is still our only delight, then, you know, God is, more, God is most satisfied in us when we are most satisfied in him. Amen. And, uh, and I remember listening to that. And when I tell you, I wasn't like, 
there weren't little tears. <laughs> like I Snot couldn't, I couldn't see the road in front of me. I'm like pulling into Arby's parking lot, like you know, and That's like awesome. that Arby's was my crying spot for yeah, like three bro. years, yeah. bro. Because like you know, I would just be listening to you know Matt Chandler, probably just you know whoever, and and the Lord was was doing a work in my heart through that whole process. But all that to say, man, like I remember watching that video and I and I told nick the same thing i said our god is most satisfied in us when we when our only delight is him amen that he could take away whatever he takes away and our only delight is him because when he's glorified in the midst of our pain when he's glorified in the midst of our struggle or or in the midst of our anger or our hurt or our sadness like when he is still the end all be all to our joy um then we know we can we'll be carried through you know what i'm saying so oh, yeah bro uh, god is most glorified why man <laughs> because he's our only delight for me it was thankfulness you know my wife somebody gave my wife the book 1000 gifts by um ann voskamp and it's a heavy read you know if if you ever get it just get ready for chapter eight that's all i'm going to tell you (laughs) any of the listeners go get that book i'm not crying you're crying exactly it's dusty (laughs) in here but um (laughs) thankfulness thankfulness is the key man you look at first thessalonians 5 18 it says, give thanks in what? All things. For that is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And and when we broke it down and just learned to be thankful, there were times, and this is for you, Pastor Brad, and for Ashley, there's going to be times when the pain is going to be so bad. And the best advice I can give you is in that moment, find three very specific things to be thankful for. Not just, thank God I'm alive. Thank God Ashley's. I'm talking about, for me, it's, I go, I love the fact that my son has little dimples right here. Those dimples light my day up. You know, I love the fact that, I mean, just little things that you're truly mm-hmm. thankful for. And the more we start focusing on the thankfulness in the storms, the more God is glorified. That's good, man. The more that mm-hmm. he shines, his light shines and our storms, whether we choose them whether we've gone through them or not, the reason why I say he will be glorified is because he's going to use those to affect other people. He's going to use he's going to use you and Ashley for people that are going through this type of pain to say, "I see Jesus in them, still shining bright." Yeah, putting that spark in their eye, putting that song in their heart, putting that smile on their face. I know I can do this. Yeah, and because yeah. I know he did it for us, and and. You know, we all want to reach when you're called from God. And if you carry someone's bags, I applaud you. It is such an honorable thing. Sure. But like Pastor Brad said, there's going to come a time when God wants to use you more because at first he trusts you with little to see if you're going to be faithful. And, you know, once you've been trusted with that, once you've proven yourself faithful, it's like it's like your kids. You know, I got a a four year old who's going to be five July 2nd, who is like, daddy, can I swim in the pool with my floaties off? And I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, that Papa Bear in me is like, you can never swim without floaties. I don't care if you're 31, <laughs> right, you're right, going right, to have floaties right, on. Right. But she's like, I'm in watching her pool. swim, man, and she's doing laps. And, and I'm like, all right, you know, but I'm still protective. I'm like, okay, you sure. can swim in the pool without floaties, but just with me, right? just with daddy. I don't care if it's mama or nana. They don't swim as good as daddy does. I may be big, but I'm like a, a very fast beluga whale in the water. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hope to get down to like dolphin size and just be jumping on waves. But right now, I'm beluga whale, but I'm still fast, you know, so that I can protect her. 
Sure. And, but I wanted to reach when I said that earlier about you can carry his bags, you can come do what I wanted to do. So far, right now, last Sunday was one of the highlights so far of ministry because everything that I get to do is a new highlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, every time that I get to preach the gospel is a highlight for me because the last time I preached, I walked off stage going, that was the worst piece of junk I've ever preached. No <laughs> one's ever going to let me preach again. And like at my church, when Pastor Josh goes, hey, bro, you want to preach such and such? I've never told him no. There's there's not going to be a time right, where right, you're right. going to ask me if I want to preach. And I say no, and not because I'm prideful, because I love sharing what the, God is, what the Lord has put in my heart. Yeah. And so to be glorified in the, the, the storm, for God to be glorified in the storm, you have to finally ultimately submit. You yeah. have to be like Peter who goes, God, if it's really you, call me out of the boat. And he got out of the boat. And I applaud Peter for that. You know, I think there was, you know, he, the thing I think about is while there were 12 disciples in the boat, only one got out of the boat. Mm-hmm. Right. The other 12 sat there, you know, and they all had fear. You know, they had, when Jesus walked up, it says they were fearful and said, it's a ghost. And I said Sunday, and I love this. Fear is the belief that God's love ends. Yeah. If you're afraid to do something, what you're saying is, God, I don't believe that you are who you say you are. You're as strong as you say you are. You're as omnipresent as you say you are. Like you talked about him being on the mountain so he could look out anywhere in the sea and see where they were, that you're not there. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just is like, bam, okay. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. And so to be, for God to be glorified, you have to submit. You have to be like Peter. Yeah. There's going to be times where we walk out in that boldness and things are going to happen. There was a storm inside of a storm inside of Peter and he took his eyes off Jesus. And I think that's the key we all need to listen to. Keep your eyes on Jesus. It may not look like you think it's going to look. It may not sound like you think it's going to sound like. It may not feel what you think it's going to feel like, but you keep your eyes on Jesus. And if you do look away, here's my favorite part of the whole story. Peter got scared and started to drown and said, Father, save me. This one word right here, immediately. Mm Mm-hmm. Immediately, Jesus reached down his hand and picked him up out of the water. So even in Peter's struggles and drowning, God used that to glorify himself amongst the other 11. Right. Imagine the level of boldness that comes up in you if you're one of Jesus' disciples after seeing one of your boys drown that you've been with for about two, two and a half years at this point, start to drown and Jesus just pick him up out of the water. Like walking on water is cool. You know, it could have been a sandbar and they could have played it off. But when he started to drown Mm -hmm. immediately and like I was looking at your baptistry pool Sunday thinking I could probably run across this, (laughs) (laughs) but it would not have taken long for me to go from shoe to neck in the water. Uh, I think Jesus caught him about the time his neck or his head and his hand was out of the water. And even at that just lifted him up with no effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as we wrap this up, I want to pose one question. Do you think Peter would have had the audacity to preach to the crowd in acts? Had Jesus not immediately caught him when he fell? Amen. Like, you know, like I think that that was again, like, man, I I think that Jesus was so kind of cryptic in his subliminal communication, it's like, man, you can you can take out you can make a step of faith, and even when you even wow. when it's not right, or even when you miss it, 
or even like I'll still be there. Like I'll still pick you up. I'll yeah. still catch you. Like you know. So I, I think the reason one one of the reasons I think number one is his personality, but I think the other thing, I man, Peter just had this audacity to do what God called him to do and what he felt the Holy Spirit prompting him to do. Because every single time he messed up, Jesus is like, "Oh, I got you." Oh, yeah. hold on, let me put that ear back on. Oh, hold on, let me catch you. And you're just like, "Oh, like he was." I always, forgive you for denying me. Yeah, like he was always there to. Yeah. He's always there to pick Peter back up. Oh yeah. no, I got you. Oh no, I got you. So Peter kind of had this audaciousness about him because every time he did, Jesus was right there, even when it wasn't right, or even when it was right, but he did it wrong. Jesus is right there to like pick it right back up, man. I know you're right. Cause like I said, I identify with Peter and that's me without a doubt. When you quit caring folks, it's so freeing, but only if you quit caring. Cause you know that God is the one. Sure. 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 So awesome, man. Well, Hey Patrick, thank you so much, bro. It was an honor. I love you, man. You're love so, you. You, you so love this church. I love what God's doing. Yeah. So, so, uh, let's, let's real quick rattle off these three points uh, when we're talking about the the storm and that's that number one we got to recognize that god wants to use you uh number two we got to recognize that storms will come and then number three we got to recognize that god will be glorified um even in those storms uh and so man such an awesome uh awesome week awesome message we uh shout out to you and your wife your family your church man we we love you guys so much jo tell them where they can find us man man they can find us at uh transformationchurch.com or on instagram and facebook at transformation pensacola i am on twitter and instagram at justin oswald underscore i am on twitter and instagram instagram the, the, instagram uh at brad livingston underscore uh patrick where they find you at bro Instagram and as soon as you by the time you've heard this podcast Twitter as well losing Patrick at losing Patrick all right guys hey listen thank y'all so much uh getting ready for some amazing things coming up uh next month new series uh I love my city uh shout out to John Sapp on staff with us who's uh killing the artwork and video game and everything for our creative department um and so uh he's also the one that posts these podcasts so if you love him then you love john and so uh we we appreciate all you guys listening out there uh make sure you subscribe so click subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast that way you'll get it in your box every time it drops um and then also feel free to share it man share it on social media share it on facebook instagram twitter the whole nine let's get the word out there but we love you guys we appreciate you and uh patrick thank you Justin, yes, shout sir. out to man. I want to real quick, two seconds. I want to thank Justin, uh, Pastor Justin, and our whole staff. Uh, myself, my wife have been able to. We got away for ten straight days, and I I would love to tell you that I didn't worry at all, but I did because um, <laughs> uh, I love I love our church. Uh, I wasn't worried because they're not adequate. I'm I was worried because um, I wanted to be here when they do great things, and so uh, but man pastor justin thank you for carrying on everything man it's my pleasure we so a, and uh thank you to our staff yeah. uh everyone they've been rock, awesome yeah they're rock stars so uh, awesome. and thank Let you me to just our, say thank this. You to our church. i told your dad this in a text sunday or monday i think he texted me yesterday and um i just want to thank transformation church for the way you just loved us and received us and honored us you know my kids in your nursery had a great time. First service, my daughter didn't want to go. It had nothing to do with you. That's just her. Second service, I walked her to back there. Christina was back there. I said, give Miss Christina lovies. The minute she hugged Christina, I knew she wasn't leaving. Yeah. She went from there and ran off. Elijah had a great time. Bro, my three-year-old came home telling me 
about what the lesson was in her class, man. Come on, so man. Yeah. I applaud you guys. I applaud your team. And I just really love TC. Thank love you, bro. You guys. Thanks for being here. Wade. Thank you, man. All right, guys. Hey, listen, we love all of you. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys later. See you guys.